was uh, going to rest for the day from podcasting, but, you know, unexpected things happen. My good buddy's here with me. We'll, we'll keep his identity anonymous. And um, we're talking about a, a myriad of uh, uh, topics. And um, what would you feel comfortable with speaking about? We started speaking about uh, McGregor and Mayweather, that fight. And if you want to go on and talk about some, some other sports, we can, or whatever you want to talk about. And when you're ready to finish, you're going to finish, not me. Cause I'm home. <laughs> hey, we, we can talk about the McGregor Mayweather fight. I mean, that's fine with me. Okay, cool. You know, a, a lot of folks are, are saying that this is just an event, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, that how do you train for McGregor? He is a fighter. He's not a boxer. Yes, and they're doing boxing, but he's still a fighter. And you brought the point up earlier that. You know, back in uh, June of 1980, Roberto Duran, who technically they would say is a boxer, but we know he's more of a gritty fighter uh, when he fought Sugar Ray Leonard, who was an Olympic gold medalist, who was a pure boxer. You know, he got into his head and made him fight his fight and he beat him. So what's to stop this from happening? You know, well, I think in this situation, you have two boxers that are well, two fighters. One's a boxer, one's a you know mixed martial arts. Mm hmm. But they're both experts at getting into each other in their opponent's head. Right. You know, McGregor has done it with the MMA, and you look at the numbers he draws for his pay-per-views and everything else. Big time. You know, everybody wants to see him get beat mm -hmm. because he runs his mouth so much. <laughs> you know, Mayweather, he runs his mouth, but he's backed it up. Hasn't, but hasn't lost a fight yet. But 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 who's going to be the villain in this fight? Because they're both really like villains. This is one of those ones where I don't. I mean, the MMA fans mm -hmm. are going to support McGregor. Right. The boxing fans are going right. to fight Mayweather. That's so really, true. you're not going to really have a villain in this because of the fact <laughs> it that evens out. You know, the fans are going to stick with who they're they know. Right. And the, the pure boxing fan is going to stick with Mayweather because he's a right. boxer. Right. Yeah, you know, and they're going to say, you know, this guy he he's an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. He kicks, submits guys, you know, does all that. Right. Mayweather is a guy who sits back, you know, lets the fight come to him. That's true. Does his bob and weave, bob and weave, you know, tags him, you know. And McGregor's a guy that likes to show to, you know, showboat in the ring, do right. all that. Right. Showboating's not going to win the fight. That's true. You know, he's going to have to go after Mayweather. Mayweather's not going to change his style. He's not. He's, he's not. I mean, that's been his style his whole career. So right. he's going to keep doing the same thing. Right. You know, so McGregor's got to try to get him to come after him. Well, you know, the funny thing about it is when you look at uh, the first Marcos Maidana fight that Mayweather had, Marcos Maidana was a guy, to me, basically, if you just want to put it in a nutshell, the guy wasn't skilled. He knew he had to go in there with, with roughhouse tactics and, and, and just make him mix it up. Now, M McGregor, I believe, is a little bigger than Mayweather, I guess. And I guess the, I guess there's going to be a weight limitation where, you know, he, he's not allowed to blow up so much bigger. But with those same roughhouse tactics, and like you said, um, McGregor um, is undefeated in boxing because he never fought in boxing. But, you know, <laughs> he's got that fighter mentality. So he's the kind of guy that will take a loss and not have it in the back of his head that he lost even when he fought. I don't I forgot got the guy's name that beat him um, in the MMA. But... Um, how do you get in a, a McGregor's head? One of the most entertaining things about this event, and I stress event, is that the press conferences are going to be worth the money, more money, or, or more valuable than the actual fight. I think the way you get in McGregor's head uh -huh. is you don't talk. <laughs> he feeds off of that. Right. And he goes off. If you look at, I can't think of, oh, I can't, the one brother that beat him, beat McGregor. Right, right. I can't think of his name right now, but. Right. He basically sat in his press conferences. That's go, true. I'm going to kick his ass. You know. That's true. And that's basically all he kept saying. He wouldn't. He wouldn't buy into the, the hype and all right. that. And McGregor. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. Right. Right. And I. Think and he that, did it. I, and I think McGregor got in McGregor's head. But but can Mayweather do that with his ego? Can he really do that? I think he can because I think 
he has everything to lose on this. His legacy is as being undefeated. Right. He's got right. everything to lose. Right. So I think he's going to come out and he's going to train harder than he's probably ever trained before because right. he wants to show everybody, look, I am the best. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, McGregor has nothing to lose. Everybody thinks that, you know, Mayweather's going to beat him. You know. McGregor already lost, you know. He's still popular. So the pressure you're saying would basically be on Mayweather. There will be some real pressure leading up to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, his legacy, you know, right now, he could retire right now. And how do you say he's not one of the greatest boxers of all time? Right. He has, yeah, he's never lost. He has a claim. Yeah. You know, yeah. He loses to an MMA fighter. That tarnishes that legacy. Right. I mean. <laughs> he can't gonna, say anything. Yeah. I mean, right. how, how do you argue with the fact that a guy who went through all these other boxers, beat Pacquiao, beat all these other guys, and then loses to an MMA fighter? Oh, man, that's that's <laughs> I mean, that that kind of says, you know, it's like, look, so the pressure's on him. McGregor yeah, can yeah. go in there. Everybody, you know, all the true boxing experts and, you know, our so-called experts, right. they don't think McGregor can even last. And, and they have nothing really to say because this hasn't been done on this level. No matter what's happened in the past on this level, you know, it's never been done. I mean, on this level, exactly. You know, the, the the like I said before, the planets lined up perfectly, and that's the other point that I wanted to bring up since we're recording. How um, Oscar de la Hoya and, and and Floyd Mayweather always had this pissing contest going on. You know, uh, you know, Oscar de la Hoya was a talented fighter. Yes, he he was talented, but his opponents were handpicked. You're right. They were they were picked to fight that he could beat. And there were a lot of questionable wins for him, especially with Pernod Whitaker, who, oh, yeah. who could have been a little more aggressive or may, may have really won conclusively oh, there, there, if he was him more heavy-handed. There, there was two or three fights that I Oscar Cortez, De La Hoya was in that yeah. he should have lost. Right. But all of a sudden, he gets the decision. It's like, you, yeah. you kind of look at it, and it's like, okay, you know, and, and you know, the, the running joke on boxing has always been, who can you market? De La Hoya was the pretty boy. And he's a cash know? cow. He was making lots of people money. But he was... But he was bringing people in because look at how many women were following De La Hoya. Exactly. Handsome guy. You know. So all of a sudden you're bringing in a whole nother group of, you know, demographic of people. That's right. For him. That's right. Mayweather came from the streets. That's right. Not highly educated. Right. You there was know, no appeal for him that way. You know, I guess they say. Well, yeah, he, yeah. he, he didn't. Well, he didn't have the Cinderella he, story. He, he, he wasn't going to bring in. Mm hmm. And I hate to say it this way, but he wasn't going to bring in the white crowd. He wasn't going to bring in that's the true. Hispanic crowd. That's true. Because he was a he was a he grew up on the streets. Business he wise, bring, he that's true. Bring, he was going to bring in the black crowd, right? Because they were going to look. Hey, there's a rags to riches story, right? You know, he got in and, the and, and even and, still, <clears throat> even still, with black folks, his story was common. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like okay, you know, we're going to really. So with everything else being a distraction, you're absolutely right. Um, that's why I guess he had to play uh, the villain against De La Hoya. Mm -hmm. So everybody can hate on him and everything like that. And that's how he came out on top. He had to do that because he couldn't just snatch it that way. Another one of his strategies is that he would always fight on Cinco de Mayo weekend and fight a Mexican. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's because they love boxing anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you fight a Mexican, <laughs> you know what I mean? So those were always kind of easy fights for him. But you're absolutely right. And he got his money being the villain. Yep. And 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 like we said, why a McGregor and a Mayweather will be such a blockbusting, uh, record-setting event is because you know all these different uh, categories you're bringing in. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, it's a whole lot. You're you're looking at a guy who, yes, he's lost in MMA, but you're never going to see an undefeated MMA fighter. It's right. too, it's too easy to get caught to get put in a submission. That's true. You know, you, you see some of the best guys. I mean, you know, Chuck Liddell, nice man. Right. Got knocked out his last fight. Right. You right. know, guy didn't even know what happened. He got hit <laughs> so fast and so hard, didn't even know what happened. These but are ballroom brawls. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. basically a ballroom brawl with, with rules. Right. You know? Right. So you're looking at an MMA, you're not going to go undefeated. That's true. Boxing, you can kind of pick and choose who you're going to fight. You know, That's true. you're the champion. You go, oh, well, this guy, he's, he's ranked number eight. In yeah, the world. yeah. Well, I know I could beat him. Let's go ahead and schedule him. Right, right. You know, we'll give him right. his his shot. You know, the the boxing commissions don't go. Okay, hey, you have to fight the number one contender. Yeah, 
You yeah. know, and he doesn't have to fight the number one contender every single time. No, he doesn't. You know, they can and, avoid and give step aside fees, and if there's a bigger money fight against a guy who has less talent, but they can manipulate that way. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, it's it's all political. Mm-hmm. You know, boxing, MMA. That's true. You know, you, you look at you know the way Dana White runs the MMA. Mm-hmm. You know, the UFC. You know, he goes where the money is. Yeah, you could be the number one contender. Right. But if everybody wants to see the champion versus the number five guy. That's true. Guess who's going to fight? Number one versus number five. Not the number one contender. Number one contender could go in there and wipe the board with the champion. (laughs) Right. But he's going to have to wait. Right. You know, because it's all money. You know, and I think this this fight is going to probably be the biggest grossing fight ever. Do you think do you think the two years that Mayweather took off is going to affect him at his age? I don't think so. We know I, he keeps in shape. And I, I, say, I think that this fight is so big, and he knows his legacy is at stake right now, that I think he's going to train harder than he's ever trained for any fight. Wow. Because he wants to go in there and show everybody. Yeah, Because he, he knows he, the world is watching. The oh, yeah. whole world is the watching now. World. I mean, you're talking everybody all over the world. I mean, there's going to be people watching this. They're going to be getting up at you know 4 a.m. in Russia to watch this fight. Whatever time it's going to be, know, the whole world. People in Brazil yeah. are going to be watching it. Mexico, Canada, you know, everyone's going to He's going to be it. trending all over social media oh, for yeah, a long this, time. This, yeah. this fight is going to be a truly worldwide event. Crime is going to go down. Oh, yeah. Because everybody's going to be watching that fight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But everything is going to be happening. Prostitution's going to go up. Uh, gambling's going to go up. The and, underworld's going to make money from and, it. And the number of pregnancies are going to go up. because and, the people, After the, the fight. The, 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 the yeah. people who are Mayweather fans or yeah. McGregor fans, whoever wins, they're going to be celebrating. So there's going to be more Kid, kids. Kids named Floyd and Connor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like after the Super Bowl. How, right. many, how many kids are born after the Super Bowl? Wow. Ball, you know? wow. I don't think we realize how big this is, but like I said before, the pissing contest between De La Hoya and um, Floyd Mayweather, De La Hoya has uh, Canelo Alvarez, which is his fighter that he promotes, um, fighting Triple G. And this is a fight that the fans have wanted for years, and they went back and forth. And finally, even when I heard it announced, I was like, yeah, good, good, good. They didn't wait too long. They took their time to build up the pay-per-view event, and back and forth. It, the business of it is that it does build up. And finally, we have it. And it's going to be on September 16th, I believe. Now Floyd Mayweather was joking around all this time, teasing everybody and kind of teasing everybody. So he saw once um, um, it was signed on a dotted line for um, Canelo and Triple G, all of a sudden now he says he wants to fight Conor McGregor August 26th. Tell me that's not a power move. Oh, that's a huge power move. And I mean, Oscar De La Hoya yeah. is pissed because, you know, true boxing fans and fans all over, they're going to buy it. But most of these people are blue-collar people, and you know they're going to charge for uh, Mayweather uh, uh, McGregor, right? But um, that's going to leave less money in the pockets for the blue-collar guy to turn around the next month and, and, and buy a fight that's not so much of an event. Exactly. Th- this one, the McGregor-Mayweather fight is going to overshadow everything i mean it doesn't matter what's going on in the world i mean you you could have you know the yankees or somebody could be on right. a magical run and doing things that have never been done it won't matter you, because everybody <laughs> all anybody's gonna be talking about is mcgregor mayweather and after that fight if, right. that, if that fight if it meets expectations and as great as it could be that's all anybody's gonna talk about for two three months afterwards that's right and then your Oscar De La Hoya, you got your fighter going in there to fight, and he's going to try to overtake that. It's a lose situation. Can't do it. They have to do something really crazy. This event is so big that you know a cop can pull over somebody and catch it with a couple kilos of cocaine and say, "Listen, get out of here. I got to go home and watch this fight. I don't want to do the paperwork." <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be a lot of speeding tickets or anything because the cops are going to be wanting to go. Exactly. The fight. Exactly. <laughs> Shootouts. And, right. and you know, and you know that event. Every cop in that city is going to want to work that event just because of the fact that. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that scares me, the two things, crime right before, because they know people are going to have their their guard dropped and and terrorism, not to be sour, but it's an opportunity that I'm scared of. What do you think about that? That ticket is going to be so expensive. The everyday fan won't be able to go. That's true. That you're going to see so many celebrities 
at that fight. Yeah. Because the tickets are going to be astronomical. That's true. And I you mean, want to be seen I mean, if you're a celebrity. They're, they're talking this could be a half a billion dollar fight. I mean, half a billion dollars wow. to see two men beat each other up. I know. Yeah. You can go down to the local bar and see it for free. Exactly. You know, you can buy a drink and enjoy yourself and watch it, you know. But I mean, I'm talking about people fighting in the street, yeah, exactly. which is going to be a lot of that, too. It's oh, yeah. Be. There's yeah. going to be there's going to be a lot of violence on that because you're going to have the McGregor fans who are passionate about McGregor. Big time. And the Mayweather fans who are passionate about that. And even if you're not a Mayweather fan and you like boxing, now you're going to be a Mayweather supporter. Exactly. Because the MMA guys, it's going to be a sport and against even, a sport. And it's just like even the guys who who can't stand McGregor in the uh, MMA, they're right. going to support him because he's going to show, That's if he right. goes in there and wins, That's right. that elevates the MMA to the whole next level. Now, and, I don't, and honestly, I don't know if boxing is going to be able to recover if McGregor wins that fight. Because now people are going to go, well, maybe we should start watching the MMA more. Because, I mean, look at this. This guy went into the MMA, told everybody he was going to win and won. You know, he was, you know. And Mayweather can come back 10 times and beat him if that was to happen. But and he still time, could not recover from that. You know, that smashes everything. Yep. So right now, Mayweather is carrying the mantle of boxing on his shoulders. Especially since he says he is TBE, the best ever so now you got the best ever, and if you shoot him down, you shoot the whole sport down. Oh yeah, and I think I mean, and on, and if you look at the numbers, and if and if you look at the history of boxing, you had Ali, in my opinion, the greatest ever. I mean right. that guy. Right. I mean his training for his fights, you know the he, mind games he played. People underestimate how much of a master he was, and and look, this is 2017. He's already passed away all these years after he stopped fighting and he, there was no social media, but you're still finding photos and videos, mm -hmm. tons of it. And, this man lived it. still being talked about. It's still being talked about as the standard. Th then you had after him, you know, you had a little bit of a lull, you know, Larry Holmes and right, Jerry right. Cooney. And so you, you really know, know your boxing. Yeah. Really? Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> th then you had Tyson. Yeah. Tyson was the guy that should never have been able to be a champion. He's too small, too small. you know, blah, blah, yeah, blah. You're right. But nobody hit as hard as he did. Exactly. You know, he look, timed you. He could. He, he used to beat taller well, guys with, with, with longer reach. Well, time I, in the I, jab. Always, I always compare him to what I always called ruthless aggression. Yeah. Because everybody thought he's going to stay back and look for a shot. You watch his fights. He didn't stay back. He came right at you yeah. and... Took the fight pushed to it, you. Pushed it. You know, and, and he, he got a, inside on you. And once he got inside on you, and that little uppercut he had. Right. I mean, how many guys saw stars after getting hit with that exactly. uppercut? And, and next thing you know, they open their eyes and they're looking <laughs> up at the lights and, you know, they're pulling his mouthpiece out and he's going, what the heck happened? Right. You know? And they used to say he was 5'11 and a half, but I think he was like my height, like 5'10, but I think I shrunk a little bit, so I think I'm 5'9 and a half. But he, he, um, he had 54 years old, right? <laughs> But, but he used the fact that he was a shorter-statured fighter in the heavyweight division to his, his advantage because he was less of a target, crouched yep. down like he was. Oh, yeah. But the only thing about it is what I find is that fighters that are high-energy fighters younger in their career that depend on that high energy, when they get older or a little older in the sport, their peak doesn't last. Well, I mean... But what it's do you think also, about that? But you got to think about this also. When you were in your 20s, you could do things you can't do now. You read about that. I mean, even in your 30s. Right. You know. This is why Viagra you, is so popular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, then, and then you look at, you, look at, you know, a boxer. Mm -hmm. There's always a hungry up-and-coming boxer. Always. Yeah, you look at Buster Douglas. Did you think Buster Douglas had a, even a shot at beating Tyson? You know what it is? Tyson? You know what it is? I'm, I'm not going to say that I did. But what I will say, in hindsight, that... He always had the ability. He was just always a he person. He underachiever. Would, yeah. He, he had the athlete's mentality, but he did not have a fighter's mentality. Right. He didn't even have a... Well, he's an excellent boxer, but his father, um, whose first name I keep forgetting, but he never won the championship, but he was a fighter and he was pretty much up there as a contender. And he had those balls to be a fighter. So he used to get disgusted with his son. Like, what are you doing? You, you have the reach. You have the talent and ability those who knew him those who knew him in boxing knew that he was capable of doing anything but he was known for just being a quitter and like you mm -hmm. said an underachiever but because of what happened with him and a lot of folks don't know it um i think the mother 
of his um son had had cancer his mother just died he just broke up with whoever it was that he was with and there was a fourth one right mm-hmm. so he was screwed up in the head in a good way that he could use it detached him from the creature comforts of well you know this is a payday and i just hang out and he went in with fire and he lost the weight that he had because he was 20 30 pounds heavy he had breasts you know um <laughs> he's an athlete so it's like wait a second and then tyson is it's Tyson didn't train as much. Tyson wasn't focused. I heard there might be a lot of little Mike Tyson babies running around in Japan right now, no, right? <laughs> so that, that's the kind of partying he did. But I think it's more that Buster Douglas w- was himself and, and, and rose to the occasion because of circumstances more so than Tyson not training. When they say, well, what if Tyson trained was just as focused? You look at what he did, Buster Douglas, that night. When I saw the first round, I said, you know what? He, he he has a good shot at winning. When I saw the first round, and I, and I sat there in awe, quiet, like watching the, the ESPN right. series about mm-hmm. that whole fight and everything, right? And listening to Buster Douglas talk about it, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, he got through another round, got through another, and he kept going, I can do this, and it was something. It clicked in his mind, right? That all of a sudden, I can win this fight, right? And he went out and did it. Of course, he didn't do anything after that. Right, you know? right, right. I mean, it was kind of like he hit the pinnacle and then right. crashed. Holofield, he just... But if he could sustain that, and this, is, this goes to show you that with boxing, it's not just the physical. It, it's, it's, it's your commitment. Honestly, yeah. boxing, MMA fighting is more mental than it is physical because i agree you have to be so mentally tough because you're gonna get punched you're gonna get hit you're every gonna, fight you're, you in you're gonna you're get gonna hit. get kicked in mma you right. know you're gonna get taken down you're gonna get all this stuff you know it's gonna happen yeah but you have to be mentally tough it's like in the movie uh um what was it rocky uh rocky five or six where where who's, he's fighting when he was fighting you know he's making this one comeback fight right you know and he was Fighting the champion, and they were going to Vegas. Oh, Rocky Six when he was supposed yeah. to be old now. Yeah, right, right. And uh, yeah, he's talking. About it. He goes, you know, it's the key to life is you know you get hit. Oh, I but love you. Keep moving forward. I love that little monologue. Oh like, yeah, it's I how mean, much you can take. Yeah, if you get back up, you, you know? know. And you know, I mean, you think about it. It's like when you're a boxer or an MMA fighter, you're gonna get punched. You're gonna have bad yeah. rounds. Yeah, you know, you could go in MMA. First round, you could go out there and dominate a guy. Not, might not be able to tap, make him tap, or make him submit right. or knock him out. Well, the next round, that guy might come out there and put you on the ground and ground and pound you for five minutes. That's right. You know, and dominate you that second round. That's true. And then That's you true. gotta have your mindset of okay, he, he got that round. I'm gonna take this round. That's true. You know, and in boxing, it's the same way. It's the same th- same way in life. Oh yeah. You I know, mean, when things happen to you and you have to have the wherewithal to have, have that strength to push through, it's the same way. It's just more condensed. You know, and people oh, don't yeah. understand that. Like when I see boxing, they people are like, man, why do you love it so much? The ring walk, looking in the fighters' eyes. You know, whatever they had to go through before. You know, they may may have a shortcoming or or uh, uh, injury that's hidden and still have to fight. So it's so many different things with that, and it's fascinating to see the character of these guys. Now, on the lower level, you have guys just swinging back and forth, but on the higher levels, you get to see the real, true art of you know in the sport of boxing. Oh yeah, you I know. Mean- when I, when I was growing up, I was a wrestler. Yeah, right. I could tell. And what I always what I always loved about wrestling was right. it's one on one. Yeah, you can't pass the ball to a. Team That's why I stopped team you sports because I used to hate people who slacked. And I'm pushing 150 percent, and they're not. And yeah, I'm like, I, I was watching USA versus Mexico the other night. Mm-hmm. Mexico's running all over the field. The guys are constantly moving. Americans are walking around. You know, I mean, you know, they pass the ball off and then they walk. The Mexican team is running, you know, they're passing the ball and then they're moving to another spot exactly. to get another pass. And I, and you know, I played soccer growing up and I'm not an expert by any means. Right. But you know it, but I know the game. Right. And I said for years for team, for the American team to have a shot at, at being competitive in the world cup, mm-hmm. we needed a European coach. A coach who knew how to teach the game mm-hmm. the European style because that's what everybody plays. Right. I mean, you go down to Brazil and stuff. Yeah, they play the perfect game, as they call it, you know, where, you know, they're juggling the ball down the field and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same style as Europe. Right. The American game 
is kick it and run. Kick yeah. and run. Yeah. Kick it long down the field and try to run it down and you yeah. know all that. Yeah, true. My I had a high school soccer coach who studied the European game. I mean, he would get videos of coaches that they had, mm-hmm. you know, that the coaches had put out on mm-hmm. training and stuff like that. Right. And he drilled in us. Short passing, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, work the ball up the field, get a goal. Right. Yeah. We used to play teams that kick and run. We'd dominate them. Right. Because we would control the ball. We'd work it up the field. Right. We'd position. You know, they'd kick it long. We'd take the ball back and we'd work it right back up the field. Hmm. You know, the Americans, now they hire Bruce Arenas. He couldn't do it when he was the, head, the coach before. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and he coaches the LA Galaxy. Well, yeah, he gets one of the greatest players to ever play the game in Beckham. And then he has Donovan, one of the greatest American players to ever play. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, he won championship. I could have coached that team and won a championship. Right, right, because they had the fundamentals. They had the yeah. players. Yes. They had the best players, and they had the players who knew how to win. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to put them in charge of the American game team again. Worst mistake they could make. Now, I don't know the whole politics and right, what right, happened right, between them right. and stuff. And I know a lot of people were mad when he cut Donovan. But honestly, Donovan was past his prime. I mean, he was a great player. Notice I'm quiet because I don't know much about soccer, but you can keep talking <laughs> but, about it because I mean, I'm learning. <laughs> Donovan was a great player, and he was a great scorer. Mm-hmm. But the problem is is you can't have just – because teams, in when you go in the World Cup, they're going to put their best defender on him, and they're going to shut him down hmm. because the game is more physical in Europe. You know, When they're playing against the European teams or the South American teams, it's going to be more physical. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at that game the other night, and I mean – the Mexican team came in there and basically said, we're going to hit you in the mouth and see how you react. Wow. And they did. I mean, there were some shots in there that I thought should have been cards, weren't cards. Hmm. You know, there was, I mean, one guy jumped into another guy and threw an elbow into his head. Yeah. Nothing happened. You know. Marcos Maidana. Tech tactics. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, you got to look at, you know, when you talk boxing, MMA, you know, wrestling. They're one-on-one sports. I love it. You know, there is no, okay, I can sub out for a teammate. Right. You know, when I was a high school wrestler, we wrestled six minutes. It was six but, minutes, you against one guy. People don't realize how intense it is. The the, the um, armchair athletes that watch, it's, ah, it's just six minutes. We, we had a high school basketball coach that mm-hmm. one night made the comment that his basketball players were the most finely conditioned athletes in the school. Of course, as a wrestler, we took offense to that. Right. Because we practiced two and a half hours and then did conditioning, you know, wow. for six minutes on the mat. But but the mental that goes along with it. Oh, yeah. That I mean, even though you may not be wrestling now and you're much older, that mental, when you go there, you know what it takes. That that would take you past what somebody would come at you younger with a, with a physique now. Oh, yeah. But they don't have your mental toughness. You see what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. But, you know, it was funny because we actually challenged them. We told them we'd take our heavyweight, send them up to do their conditioning. They could take the best shaped guy they had, come down and do our conditioning. Our heavyweight came down after 20 minutes and said, yeah, they're done. Wow. And he wasn't even sweating. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy, yeah. 250 pounds. Right. Wasn't even sweating, doing their running their suicides and all that stuff. And we're doing crawling. We're doing, you know, push-ups. We're doing, you know, hit We're doing everything. I mean, we're running, constantly moving. You know, we're doing 30-second bursts where we're going as fast as we can for 30 right. seconds. You know, we're doing push-ups as many can, as you can for 30 seconds. You know, doing sit-ups, you know, doing hit you know, all this stuff for, you know, 30, 35 minutes. Mm. And then we'd go run stairs or, wow. we, or we'd go run sprints, you know, and, you know, so people don't realize is like when you're in in MMA Mm -hmm. or in boxing Mm -hmm. or wrestling, you're one-on-one, you know, or even like karate, you know, one-on-one jujitsu, you know, one-on-one sports are so appealing to me, to me too, because even if I don't know the sport, but if it's one-on-one, that's more authentic to me because it's man on man, woman on woman, whatever, but will against will. Oh yeah. I mean, our, our wrestling, my wrestling coach, mm-hmm. his philosophy was you had to put a guy in enough pain to give up when you had him on his back to pin him. Right. Because pride is going to keep him from wanting to be pinned. So you got to put him in enough pain, not, you know, hurt him, hurt him, but <laughs> right. put him in enough pain where take he goes, him there. I can't take this anymore. And yeah, take him there. Up. Yeah. You know, 
That's true. Because I don't know how many times I was put on my back, you know, but I fought my way off. Right. You know, in high school, I didn't get pinned once. Wow. You know, actually, no, I take it back. I did get pinned once. This guy, man, I shot in on him and this guy was like, well, that's just once. (laughs) Well, I was also giving up almost 30 pounds to the guy, but that's understandable. I, I shot in on this guy and when he sprawled out and all his weight came down on me, it was like a house came down on me. God. And this guy, I mean, he was a running back for his high school football team. And he was... And he was 30 pounds heavier. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. I mean, he was solid. Wow. <laughs> it was so funny because after the match, I thought, I was like, I don't think I've ever had wrestled somebody as solid as you. Right, <laughs> he was right. just He kind of laughed. I spent a lot of time in the weight room. like, yeah, I could tell. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's why, you know, I mean, I don't watch boxing as much. I understand. I watch but you more, know pretty much a but lot. I, but I watch MMA. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter who's in there fighting. Right. Anybody can catch anybody at any time. I mean, I watched, I can't think of his name. He's the heavyweight champion right now. Goes down Joshua? To, goes down to Brazil. You know, doing UFC in Brazil. Fighting a hometown boy. And fight didn't even last 45 seconds. The Brazilian charged at him. He tagged him. You know, dazed him. And then jumped on him. And the fight was over. Oh, man. And even the guy was like, yeah, he caught me, you know? Right. And that's the thing. It's like in one-on-one sports, you can get caught. You can get caught, yeah. You know, how many times you know, have you seen a boxer? Mm. They're dominating a fight, you know, but they can't just get, they just can't get that over that hump to knock the guy out. That's true. And then all of a sudden that guy catches that one shot. It reminds me of um, the Mike Weaver-John Tate fight back in March of 1980. And um, John Tate, was dominating and he wasn't the guy who was like greatly talented or whatever have you. This was in the era right after Muhammad Ali and Larry Holmes was a champion acknowledged, but you had that WBA, WBA belt floating around. So, you know, John Tate was a tall guy, a big guy. He wasn't the best condition really, but you know, he was jab, jab, jab. Mike Weaver was a, a journeyman. Mm-hmm. He was a guy who, you know, he knocked Larry Holmes down in the title fight. I think that's his most famous, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, hey I would brag about that exactly. forever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, John Tate is shutting him out. And this is in the days right before they started to have the 12-round fights. And it was like a 15-round fight. So mm-hmm. they get to the 15th round. And I'm bored. I'm sitting there with my friends. We're not even watching the fight anymore because, like, okay, <laughs> this is the last round. We know what's going to happen. And I forgot what punch it was, but the seconds were winding down. But Mike, we we've hit him so hard. Uh, John Tate laid down like many uh, Pacquiao when he fought Marquez, mm-hmm. face down. Didn't have to really even do a count. He was just laying down. He jumped up and fell down too. He was so happy and shocked that this happened. So it shows you that anything can happen. Oh yeah, down to the last second. When, when you're in a one-on-one fight or any one-on-one competition, right? All it takes is that one shot. I mean, one shot. You know, mm. and it's funny because, you know, we were talking about how it equates to life. Right. You know, you look at how many businessmen out there fail, 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 fail. And then they hit that one niche. That's right. And then all of a sudden they're billionaires. Well, look, look, look how long I've been podcasting and doing all this stuff. I'm, it's like I'm failing, but I'm not winning either. And it, it, the opportunity might come. Boom. Because I do what I love and you're passionate about it. And, and when the opportunity comes, when you're prepared, it can happen. Oh, I mean, you know. You you could be doing this. I mean, you, you look at a lot of the the way the trends are going. Okay. It used to be, you know, that you had to know somebody and exactly. you get into some TV shows, whatever. And right. then all of a sudden you're doing, you right. know, or you are a radio DJ and, mm-hmm. you know. You Howard, got a buddy Howard, in the business. Howard, Howard Stern, you know. Hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna right. shock, be a shock jock, and right. get fined, you know, record numbers, right? But his numbers went up with, you know, number of people listening because yeah. of that, right? Yeah. You know, now you look at how many people have gone out there and done a YouTube video on them singing, and they get signed to a deal. See that? Yeah. You, know? you can do it so, yourself if so, you could. You know, yeah. You put the work in. Exactly. Anything can happen. I mean, exactly. You know, you look at, you look at MMA. There are guys in there that I'd be willing to bet when they were in high school were probably didn't play any sports. They got exposed to MMA. Maybe they watched a pay-per-view. Right. Maybe one of their friends was involved or whatever and said, hey, right. you should come out and check it out. Right. And then all of a sudden they found a niche. And they, That's what it is, finding that niche. And then they, 
they loved it. They started working hard at it. Right. Practicing all the time, doing it. And now they're making money fighting on TV. That's true. You know? That's true. And so, you know. A work ethic oh, helps yeah. with anything and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you, you watch these guys and you see them and you're going, you know, you, you, you would see if you saw Conor McGregor mm-hmm. and if you didn't know who he was, would you really think he was a world champion? <laughs> right, right. I mean, right. he looks like he's a, a stick. Yeah, that's true. But that's the guy true. would tag me before I would even know I got tagged. That's <laughs> true. Know? Right. I mean, his hands are so quick. He could hit me four times, and I'd probably be going, "Yeah, that was no." But knowing you, you're still going to try. You're not going to give oh, yeah. up. You well, know what I mean? I mean, I was watching an interview with. And uh, if you did that, I'd get the first interview. <laughs> <laughs> if I could drop that kind of weight, I'd be shocked myself. But I was watching an interview with uh, right. the Big Show from WWE. Yeah, I remember. Him. And Mayweather did the little spot where yeah down here on uh, at the and, Citrus Bowl yeah it's camping world now yeah and uh, one of the nights Mayweather tagged him and he was he Big Show sitting there being interviewed and he goes yeah he goes I thought he hit me twice and then I watched the video and I slowed it down and he hit him four times wow and broke his nose wow and it's, the funny thing is Mayweather goes man I thought he was gonna kill me. He was like, I was so scared after I did that. I was like, oh my God. He thought for, he was like, he went back to, straight back to the locker room, grabbed his stuff and out the right, door because right, he right. did not want that 500 pound man getting a hold of him. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, but Big Show goes, he was so fast that he hit him four times. That's right. And he only thought that he hit him twice. Twice. I mean, to have hands that quick fast. that you could hit somebody four times and break somebody's nose. With the size difference, oh, yeah. which you can break a, a face is a face, so it doesn't I mean, matter. I know, I know size. this is easy but, to break. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit it the right way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit it, you get it the right way. Right. You know, if you hit down on the nose, you'll break the nose. Yeah. You know, but to hit a guy four times, and that guy only thought he got hit twice. I mean, how fast do your hands have to be to be able bam, 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 and I know. hit four times? And that's to show you that okay, we know a nose can be broken if you hit it right, but still the size difference that you know. He's quick. When you, when you specialize in a sport like that, imagine the other guys who are his size, Mayweather, mm-hmm. fighting them. Where people say, well, you know, he doesn't have the punching power. He hasn't knocked anybody out. His hands are brittle. He was more physical earlier on in his career, but when he had problems with his hands, he had to kind of change his style. So they still say that he can still pop. Madonna, when he fought him, you know, he's still, Madonna said, this guy is still strong. A lot of guys sparring with him now. They say, you know, Mayweather's not the heaviest handed guy, but he has enough pop in his hands to make you respect him. Hey, you you hit a person a thousand times in a fight. They're probably going to go down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the accumulation <laughs> I mean, of blows. Oh, yeah. I That's mean, right. He might not have the power he had 10 years ago. That's right. But you hit, you know, if he right. still has the speed, which right. he does. Right. You know, which makes you appreciate when you see an interview like that where a guy's going, yeah, I thought he hit me twice. He hit me four times. <laughs> it makes you appreciate when he goes yeah. in there, you know, and he's fighting these other guys. Right. And he's hitting them and they're hitting him back. And, and, and look, just look at a fighter who trained all his life. He might be old now. Look, there's no windows in here. There's no one, no way out of this room. Imagine George Foreman, as old as he was, was right there pissed off. We got a problem. I'm, behind, I'm getting behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a window behind. Just, just break through. Hey, you know, hey, hey. You, you'd be amazed to see how fast I can break through a wall. <laughs> now, I, that. I might be slamming this chair up exactly. against there, but you know, if George Foreman comes in there, because I've heard the stories about how hard that man can punch, even so, at his age. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, if he was at fifty percent with the punching power now, I mean, you, what, have you seen the size of his hands? I heard I mean, his entire hand would take up my face. There, 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 there was a there was a woman. There's a woman who rides my bus. I haven't seen her in a while, and she said she was out in uh, Louisiana somewhere. Um, she was working in the hotel, and uh, someone called, you know, to go to the room to bring something. And when the door opened, it was George Foreman. And this is when. This is when he was fighting. This is back in the 70s. And, you know, he's not going to walk around like he's going to hit people. But she told me, she says, his presence alone. And she wasn't into boxing and didn't at first know who he was because she wasn't expecting it. She knew of George Foreman. But it's like what first hit her was not, wow, that's George Foreman, but like, who the heck is this guy? And so he wanted to come back and give her a few dollars for, you know, bringing the thing. And when he came back, She's like, you're George Foreman, aren't you? So he smiled and they talked for a while. 
and she was being cordial and just let him go. She didn't want to hold him there, you know. <laughs> and back in those days, he might say, hey, you want to come on inside, <laughs> you know. Um, but she said what hit her first was something, not he's big, but it was terrifying his presence, even though he wasn't in that mode of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like getting around a pit bull or a Rottweiler that is so strong and can be so vicious, but he's with his master and he's just cooling out. But you're looking like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. if that dog was to beat, you know, bite me. Well, you think about, you think about Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy liked to have fun. Right. I mean, his interviews with Howard Cosell are, are <laughs> reaching for the head. I know. Oh, I mean, it's classic. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, when, when he said, when, you know, Ali was, you know, showed his fist to Howard and he's like, I'm scared. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and they're having fun. And he's, he's they're going, having fun. Just, I know. But, but the presence those guys have. I mean, if I ran into Floyd Mayweather, he's not a guy I'm going to talk trash to. Right, right, right. You know, right. because, you know, if he decides he wants to hit me, there's no way I'm going to be able to stop him. And, it, he could be right here trapped and we'd be swinging for and he, he would be oh, and I'd probably hit the wall before I'd hit him you know I'd swing hit the wall and then he'd tag me you know and, we'd both be knocked out right people forget that though you know yeah. it's like when I was kind of blessed to luck out who's this calling it's always somebody no, I'm gonna have to talk to her after because it's a long winded conversation in another podcast trust me <laughs> And she doesn't call me all the time, you know, but we've done shows together and stuff like that. But she said, I guess I'm taking a shot, but not now. This is too good. I just, (laughs) and my voice sounds this way because I just woke up. Just let everybody know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I I Um, woke you up early this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I went to bed real late, like what? uh, Six o'clock this morning. I was up till six. And then you get a phone call from me two and a half hours later. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But that's the beauty of having everything set up at home, even though I haven't cleaned this room in so long. But over here, as long as it looks okay, I'm good. (laughs) But today I have to definitely straighten it out. But um, hey, what were we saying before? What were we saying? Talk about the presence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, When I went to um, a buddy of mine had called me. He ran a newspaper here, small, small little local rag online. He didn't have a boxing guy. Mm -hmm. So... Because he knows like boxing is like, you're the closest thing. You write, you do this, you talk. You're my boxing guy. So I'm like, sure, what do you want me to write? He says, I want you to go down to the media day for Miguel Cotto. I was like, are you serious? HBO 24-7 is going to be there and everybody else is going to. He's like, he's like, yeah, go on. He says, um, it's official. I got your name on. I said, but I work tomorrow. This is on a Tuesday, right? So um, I, I called the guy who's in charge of the schedule. And I said, listen, you've got to get me free tomorrow. You know, <laughs> I will pay you. I cannot miss this. And if not, I'm calling in. So, <laughs> so he arranged it and everything. So I went there and, um, you know, the media workouts, the, the media day workouts are never something intense. The training is basically over and um, they're going kind of soft. You and, know, and they're just kind of showing you what they can do. Right. Exactly. So you had all of these guys there and I look across the room and who do I see? Oscar De La Hoya. So I got a little. I got to do an intro. I showed it to you, didn't I? No. Oh, I'll show it to you before you leave. Um, holding a little mic and tomorrow, this is the Lance Curve show. And I got to talk with him. And I, I got other parts of the interviews because there were all these media folks. And I'm an amateur with this thing at that time. I had a little camera that was like the size of a, a pack of cigarettes, right? I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and my laptop. These jokers had tripods that you oh, probably yeah. could have put a pickup truck on. I mean, and, and, and they went like, okay. They had their footage up before we left the event oh, wow. because they, 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 they did it Wi-Fi. They had their people where they were from that set it up. And I'm looking, I'm like, wait a they, second. They were out in the truck going. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to take this thing home, you know, upload it, edit it. I didn't have it until the next day. And he was pissed. But um, I got a chance to meet De La Hoya. Uh, I didn't get a chance to interview Kodo, but I was right there next to him while he was working the bag. And I'm saying to myself, you know, it's that man thing, like, he's a little guy. Now, I know, you know? <laughs> but then at one point, he let off a volley of punches on the bag. And you know when that bag is hit like that. It was like, wait a second. We, it makes a sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're a former athlete. I used to mess around with the weights and stuff like that. And you, you're confident in yourself, even though you say, I'm not what I used to be. <clears throat> 95% of the people out there that would try you, you know you got them, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But the way he hit that bag at 147 pounds, and here I am, 240 or something, 50 at the time, I'm like, God, I wish I could hit the bag like that. And then he walked, he was finished for, the, for a while, he went to get a little swig of water, 
and, and he walked in front of me. And I have the footage where I'm, I got the camera and I'm saying, this guy is so small in comparison. But and he wasn't really like muscular or whatever, but he knew how to hit and he was conditioned for that. And um, he came back and he was just he never stopped. He just kept going. Mm-hmm. And so the trainer said, OK, we're going to move on to something else. But like muscle memory, when you're used to hitting and keeping your balance a certain way, it's more to it than lacing up gloves and throwing a punch. Oh, yeah. You know, and people don't realize that when you get on that level, you know, but they make it look easy. So this is why we have people after the fight. They watch a fight. They get adrenalized and they, they're a little drunk and they want to fight everybody. You know, it's like after oh, the Rocky movie. Yeah, hey, Rocco! Yeah. You know, <laughs> everybody wants to be a champion. Blood and guts. Like, I'm going to go out there and run up the stairs of the uh, museum. Yeah, just. And then they and, start running up there. Right. <gasps> right. <laughs> no, but they think they're going to get in shape in a short three minutes that they showed yeah, that Rocky. Exactly. You know, like I did it one time. I'm in shape. I'm ready for the champion of the world. You know, so it yeah. doesn't work like that, people. You got to yeah. put the time and put the work in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. You, you, what's funny is. Yeah, I've been at quite a few bars with pay-per-views and all that. And it's <laughs> and so, you see how it's... And, it, and it's so funny watching these people because they're watching these fights. And then they're all fired up. They're all pumped up. And then they want, they always try to find the biggest guy. And they want to take him on. And the big guy is usually like, dude, come on. You know? Right. And then it's like eventually they push too far and they get dropped. And then you, you just kind of laugh going, dude, you're not a professional fighter. You've been drinking. You're an idiot. <laughs> you got I mean, ten pounds of food in your gut. You can't move. You yeah, know, it's just yeah. It's like yeah. And I always laugh because you know I'm not a small guy, right? You, and I used mm-hmm. to have you know when I'd go to the bar, I'd have these little guys went up and start trash and this and that. And I'm sitting there going, why? <laughs> yeah. And when I when I used to do MMA, right, right, you know, right. It's like you do realize that I could put you on the ground, beat you, and you would have no chance. And right. it's like, but I don't want to do that. Right. Because, you know. But they can't accept that. What, what What is it about testosterone men, those guys, those 95% of the bluffers, because those guys are usually the guys that really don't want to get punched in the face. But but their insecurities fuel them and they have an audience and they're adrenalized. It, what is it with those when, guys? When, when the, you know, because I got friends who are little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're little guys. I mean, I've always had little friends. And. A lot of it is, is, you know, for so many years, they've been picked on because of their size. Whether it's their friends joking around with them. Hey, you're a little guy. You could fit in there, you know. Oh. Um, you know, just joking around and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, even though they laugh about it with their friends, it's still in the back of their mind. It is. Bothers them. Right. And so then all of a sudden, you know, you get that liquid courage. Liquid courage. You know. <laughs> And you lose those inhibitions. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're like, well, I want to show everybody I'm not the little guy. Yeah. You know, and I've seen little guys take down big guys. I mean, I've seen, you know. They will. It will and, happen. Probability. And, yeah. You know, and, I, and I've seen, and I was like, dang. <laughs> was but, like, but that little guy but, insecurity will drive them on. I mean, I've known it, guys. It, it will get them in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I was a bouncer in Colorado, you know, I, most of the time, it was always a little guy trying to start a fight with a big guy. You know, mm. and, you know, I'd walk over there and I'd look at the big guy and like, I got this. And they'd be like, cool. Yeah. And I'd walk over there and look, you got two choices. You can either knock it off or I'm taking you out of here. Right. You know. Right. And then they'd be like, oh, yeah. And they'd puff up and I'd be like, you do realize there's four of us around you right now and there's one of you. Right. You're and not staying here. <laughs> you know. Do they, like, still, they still want to puff up oh, some yeah. of them? Oh, yeah. They still puff up. I mean, it, it's hilarious because... You know, <laughs> when you're sober and you're watching somebody who's been drinking, it's yeah. hilarious. It changes. I mean, this. I've, I've watched guys, they've had four police officers on them. They're handcuffed. You know, they're getting ready to get hogtied and they're still trying to fight. It's hilarious because it's like, dude, you're not going anywhere. You're going to jail now because you didn't want to be smart. It's like, you know, so when I watch these guys, you know, and I've met quite a few professional MMA fighters. Right. Yeah, I've met Dwayne Ludwig. You know, he's kind of past his prime now, but right. he still fights occasionally. Mm-hmm. Nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, most most would be. Most yeah. would be. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny cuz I asked one guy, I was like, "Why is it MMA fighters are so nice?" And he goes, "Because we're so exhausted from training." Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cuz they train so hard. Yeah. Yeah, you know, cuz when you're an MMA fighter, you're not training just one discipline. Like boxers, right. they train for boxing. Boxing, yeah. When you're an MMA fighter, you're training for kickboxing. You're kick, you're training for boxing. You're training for jujitsu. 
you know, or whatever disciplines you do. So you're mm-hmm. training multiple. So one training session for you isn't going in there hitting a speed bag, hitting a heavy bag, you know, shadow boxing right. and all that. Right. It's you go in there, you're hitting the bags. Then you're moving to the next one. Okay. You're taking the gloves off, putting on your MMA gloves. You're doing your jujitsu. Then you're doing your kickboxing yeah. where you're kicking the bags, you know. I've never thought about that. Yeah. You know, so, you know, those guys, their training sessions are usually, you know, six to eight hours, but they're going nonstop, you mm. know, nonstop. I mean, they don't get breaks because they know that, you know, a three round fight or a five round fight, depending on if they're fighting for the championship, mm-hmm. you know, they got to, I mean, they have to train. What was it that they said in one of the Rockies for, what was it, a 60-minute fight? You have to train for 6,000 minutes or something like that. Right. Whatever it was. Right. The yeah. gist is that you just have to put so much more in. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you got you got to be able to be at top condition in the last round as you are in the first round. Imagine that. And that's why, you know, the champions like Mayweather, you know, he has himself in such good shape that he looks as good in the last round as he does in the first round. That's, people don't think about that, especially these um, Mayweather haters. Whatever the reason they have to hate on him, everybody's going to have haters and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I know he, he's cocky, and he, 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 you know, the way I look at, at Mayweather is, is he's cocky, but he, but he's confident. Right. He knows what he can do. That's true. And he's done it. He's done it. He's proven. You know, he's gonna All his world he, champions. He's he's going to have haters because he's successful. That's right. You know, and you look at society today. He shouldn't be successful. Yeah, you know? he broke the rules. A yeah. father selling drugs, a mother was smoking crack. Yeah, I he, mean, he left school young because he knew he wanted to be. You know, yeah, that's I mean, true. And he shouldn't be successful. So he's going to have haters because he's the antithesis of what that's society true. says he should be. <laughs> Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.